Hey, it's Matt Bovee from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. This NFL offseason, we can fit 25 hours in a day, and that's because of podcasts that make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other tasks that you've got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores and be entertained all at the same time. It's all about the bills, the news, insight, analysis, and of course, some jokes too, on demand, so it fits into your busy schedule. Follow the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Hey, Bills Mafia, we know there's only one topic every day, all Bills, all the time. And now Matt Bovee and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking Bills all year long, because it's always game day in Buffalo. Wait, think back all the way to January when the Bills season ended, unfortunately, the way it did, and how long of an offseason it's going to be. You got to sit through and watch the championship games and the Super Bowl, and then you got to get to the combine, free agency, the owners' meetings, the NFL draft, all the offseason work, the OTAs, the minicamp. It seems so long, and yet now here we are. It seems like it's just around the corner because it is mm-hmm. NFL football. Sal Capaccio, Matt Bovey, it's always game day in Buffalo. Matt, we are here. It is preseason week. We have football coming up. Yeah, less than five weeks away from the start of the regular season on September 11th in New York City. Well, in Jersey, we are a couple days away from the preseason game, training camp, only a couple practices left in Rochester. We're recording this right before their final two days of practice in Rochester. And then, yeah, the Bills are going to have football basically every week from now up until whenever they are eliminated or if they're never eliminated. Whenever their season comes to an end, you mix in the bye week, but they've got a late bye week this year. Then that one week that separates the pre or those couple weeks that separate the preseason and the start of the regular season. So things are really starting to ramp up this is when it gets really fun I always say there are two things to me that mark the end of summer the first one (laughs) is the preseason the second is whenever the Erie County Fair starts I don't know if that makes me like a glass half empty kind of person when the fair gets here summer is done I will stand on that take until the day I die and the fair is this week by the way just a point of clarification because it is a it is a new way of doing things as of last year. They do have Labor Day weekend off. They don't play a game Labor Day weekend. You have three preseason games, a week off, and then the regular season starts. So there's what, like just under two weeks in between when they play their final preseason game and their reg- so their final preseason no, game no, is August. Yeah, it's August 26th. It'll so be you're 16 right. days this year because they play on Monday Night Football. Okay, so yeah, the the last preseason game this year is in Chicago, August 26th. I believe all three of their preseason games are on Saturdays this year, which is a little bit different. So that's something to, you know. Yeah, including the first one against the Indianapolis Colts this Saturday. We'll talk about that in a little while. Let's rewind a little bit, though. Let's go back to the return of the blue and red. One of my favorite nights of the year, Matt, last Friday night inside the stadium, Highmark Stadium. It truly was a return because fans were lined up and packed outside the gate. I took a picture I posted it on Twitter about 40 minutes before the gates opened. It was already mm-hmm. packed. It truly is a great night for fans to come in, especially the kids to be 
screaming for their uh, favorite players to come over. And those players stayed, a lot of them, like well over an hour after to sign autographs, take pictures. And on the field, the, the families of the players, the families of the staff, it's an awesome evening. I think my favorite part about that night is that it's no secret that it's not cheap to go to an NFL football game. It can be expensive, even in a market like Buffalo, where tickets are much more affordable than they are in a lot of places. These tickets are free. Even if you can't get them through the team, there's a lot of other ways that you can get these tickets. People are donating them. People are giving them away on social media channels, Facebook groups, all of this stuff. So I think it's a really cool opportunity for people who might not get a chance to go to a regular season game, people who might not get a chance to go to the stadium for anything to go to see those guys up close and personal, to see Josh Allen in person. Like, that's really cool, especially for a lot of little kids if it's their first ever experience with football. You know, having Ellie now, she's about five months old. To me, that's what I think of when I go to those events. I go, okay, this will probably be her first experience of going to anything Bills related, probably taking her in a couple of years to that scrimmage sitting there, you know, I know she might not be able to take in everything that's happening, but it's a really, really cool event. I think all of it was great. What actually happened on the field kind of doesn't matter because it was a great night. The weather was awesome. The weather held out. We didn't know if it was going to rain that night. My only complaint, Sal, I think the blue helmet's kind of ugly. Well, I mean, he showed it off this year. Josh did like he showed off the red helmet last year. I've always been a, in fact, going into that week on WGR sports radio, five fifty, I said, you know, we were talking about Josh with the red helmet the year before. This is before we knew anything about the blue helmet, you know, coming out. I said, you yeah. know, I'm just in that blue helmet. I think I like it. Well, Matt, I didn't like it as much as I thought. But I will say, it might only be because he was wearing all red in the uniform. I think the blue helmet would look better on a white jersey top. I agree. That's definitely, if you were going to ever use that helmet, you would have to use it with a white jersey. The red is too busy. There's too many things in play there. In the blue, it's not exactly the same shade of blue, so it would look even stranger. The red last year wasn't the same shade of red as the helmet, which is one of the reasons why that looked a little bit funky. I know there is so much noise of like, okay, why is this team not unveiling a new jersey? Why are they not unveiling like some new alternate helmet or a retro jersey, whatever it is? I kind of hear all of that. Like, I think they probably should have done something. I also think, though, the Bills have some of the cleanest jerseys in the NFL. I really do. I think their home jerseys are crisp. I think the white on white is one of the cleanest looks in the entire NFL. And it's kind of like if it's not broke, don't fix it. So that's how I feel a little bit about the jerseys. It would have been cool, though, if we could see them kind of roll out like some of those 90s jerseys. Mm-hmm. I don't want to take his idea away because this was John Scott from Spectrum. We were having this conversation at training camp the other day. It would be very cool, though, if they do it the last season in the stadium, like a way of like kind of putting a bow on the stadium. It would be very cool if they wore like different jerseys from the different eras of teams that played in that stadium. Well, I don't know if they're going to do that. I think that would be a cool idea. I can tell you, I'm sorry to kind of bring down the party for anyone hoping the Bills will not be wearing a alternate helmet this year or a throwback uniform. They will still wear their color rush uniforms. They're all red at some point this year, but they will not be wearing any sort of throwback or alternate uniform this year, unfortunately. And look, I mean, they're very popular anyway. They're widely popular. It would give them more popularity. There is a new stadium coming. Maybe it has something to do with that. Later on down the road, not really sure, but I know people want to see it, Matt, but it's not going to happen this year. Well, that's fine. I mean, I don't think people care if you're really, really good, right? (laughs) 
if the football team is really, really good, they yep. could be wearing those terrible Navy jerseys that they wore in like the mid 2000s. And I don't really think anybody would care. Now they just happen to have really, really clean jerseys and they've got a really good football team. I think most people would probably take that. I will also tell you, we know the Bills will be wearing blue opening night at New York against the Jets in yep. New Jersey, as you say, because the Jets are going to wear their legacy throwback white uniforms. And the Bills wore all blue last year to open the season in prime time against the Rams. And that worked very well for them. Let's so do you think you should wear all blue? Because we know it'll be blue tops. It could be white bottoms. We don't know. All blue would make sense here, right? Yes, for sure. I think that they'll wear the all blues. And I think, are the Jets wearing white on green or is it white on white? White on white, I believe. And I think they'll definitely go all blue. I think that they also just prefer that look. They'll yeah. never say this publicly, but they are a little bit superstitious about this stuff. The jerseys <laughs> that they're good in, the combinations that they're not good in. Like, there's a reason they don't wear the white jerseys with the blue pants a ton. And it's because they've lost some games in those jerseys. But in white and white, in blue and blue, they've actually been pretty good. These are just the random things that we can talk about when the team is 13-3 and three last year and, you know, has been really good for the last couple of years. Well, we need to talk about what's going on at training camp, including the red, the white, and the blue jerseys. You got Josh Allen and the other quarterbacks and specialists in red. You got the defense in blue. You got the offense in white. And we've seen now almost all of training camp. We have a couple of days left, as you say, we sit here and talk. And now we're starting to get a little physical. A couple of fights breaking out at camp uh, the last time we were out there on Monday. One of them even, you know it's getting physical, Matt, when a couple of guys start going at it who aren't even involved in the drill or the play. Now, I'm pretty sure Kyrie Elam and Trent Sherpin went at, you know, had a one-on-one against each other. But when I was watching, they were not involved at all. They were just off to the side. There was a throw by Matt Barkley. After that, he turns around. I look, I thought someone was hurt. Kyrie Elam's on the ground wrestling. Uh, I think they were thrown punches earlier on. I'm not really sure. Someone said they saw that. I didn't see it with Trent Sherfield. They both get tangled up. Pay- players pile in. They pick them off. They have their helmets off. They walk off. Later on, Terrell Bernard and Spencer Brown. And Terrell Bernard is giving away a lot of size to Spencer Brown. Huh, obviously. Yeah. That drew a crowd. Stephon Diggs was John, but it's the time of year for this to happen. They're sick of each other. They've been practicing with just each other for a couple weeks. They're starting to get ready to play a game. This happens every single year. Sometimes it's a major player involved, like it was last year with Josh Allen and Jordan Phillips. This year, I don't want to say secondary guys, but guys who are not Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. They were off to the side doing their thing. So, yeah, I don't really think it matters too much. I think that, you know, this is just kind of like the boiling point for a lot of these guys and they're ready to play a preseason game. One interesting thing though, that I did want to kind of just talk to you about Brandon Bean was on the Pat McAfee show, I believe last week. And they asked him what I thought was a question about joint practices. And he said, they looked into some things, weren't able to get it done, but they're hoping that they can do it in the future. Now I do not have that confirmed. I have not talked to Brandon about that myself, but it would make sense because we have heard them say that that's something they like doing. They've done it multiple times with this regime because they did it. Well, actually, no, they've only done it once with this regime. And that's when they went to Spartanburg and did the joint practices with the Panthers. And then a couple years before that, they had a joint practice with the Steelers in Latrobe. If I was a betting man, I would guess that they probably do some sort of joint practice with the Giants if they can make it work out. Because you know Joe Shane, you know Brian Dable, you know a lot of those guys. I think when those kind of practices happen, more and more of these fights happen. When you keep 100%. it, you know what I mean? Because, you know, those that's when things get really heated. So, uh, long story, you know, I'm, I'm rambling here, but I think we might see that next year. And we might see even more fights in the short term, though. 
There was a day where it got heated, whatever. I don't read too much into it. I have talked to Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott about this, not this year specifically. I can tell you their philosophy and why this has not happened a lot. So first of all, let's just say the Bills are very rare now in the NFL to not do this. 27 teams have joint practices in some way, shape, or form this year with another team. 13 of those, I believe, have two joint practices with two separate teams, basically, right? And the practice sessions are two days leading up to a preseason game. Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have made it clear to me, and every time I've spoken with them about it, you have to have the right situation. You have to trust that other team, that other organization. This is why your point about the Giants is a good one, which I'll get to in a second. It's why they did it with Ron Rivera's team a few years ago in Charlotte. Mm -hmm. The the relationship, the respect they have for Ron Rivera's team, Ron Rivera's organization, the way he runs things, you're not – you know you're there to work. You know they're there to get an efficient practice done, not to deal with all this nonsense that goes on that's going to happen in some of these. The other thing I'll say, Matt, I, they've always made it clear it's got to be the right time for that team to do it. When they did it for the Panthers, it was, okay, they were ready to win. They're stepping into a bigger role. They needed mm-hmm. that competition, that hungry. Now, Matt, they are a veteran team who gets enough work against each other. Do they really need to go against another team? The group that they have, you're, the Bills' second-team defense can maybe give their offense a better look than some teams' first-team defense. And I'm not kidding when I say that. I mean, uh, I, I, think, I, I think that is part of the reason why they don't have to do that to necessarily have efficient practices. I think there's a benefit to it. I really do. I think that sure. seeing another team, I think that even though the Bills have a deep roster, I don't think it compares to their second team. I think any other team's first team would be a better competition for them. I like the idea of them seeing somebody different because I think it brings out the best in you. And I think it does kind of refine your skills and things you're working on before you ultimately get to a preseason game. And I think now it's even more valuable with that one less preseason game. I think the preseason's overblown anyway, but now that it is only three games and now that the starters barely play anyway at any point during the preseason, I think this might be the most efficient and safe and controlled environment for those starters to get like actual meaningful reps in an environment that maybe isn't as dangerous and isn't as risky as it would be in a preseason game. I had heard a rumor last year that they were going down the road of possibly going against the commanders Ron Rivera's team last year for a joint practice. And then all that JD McKissick stuff happened. And I don't know if that, I on it. Heard I'm not really sure. Similar. So, yeah, so I don't, think that I don't that know. I mean, it's not confirmed. I'm just knowing that there were rumblings that they could do that. I don't know if that made it go away that soured the relationship, but they just said, yeah, we just can't make it work, you know, and however the logistics of it, I'm not really sure. So, We'll any other teams, teams? Any other teams besides the Giants? Well, you the think Giants would make work, a lot of sense? They wouldn't work this year because I think if you want to do it this year, I don't think you want to do it with a team you play in the regular season. I also think the Giants did a joint practice this year, I believe, with the Lions. I think I saw. So I don't think that you know. I don't know if that was set up before these conversations would have happened or not. But yeah, you're probably right. Something to have on the back burner. But you know, if the Bills are playing the Giants this year, not going to play them next year. All right. Well, they are going to have three preseason games, as we talked about. We don't know who's going to play in preseason game number one, but we know a few guys probably aren't going to because of some recent injuries. 
Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. All right, nothing to get alarmed about here, Matt, but I don't think at least. Ed Oliver, out a couple of days from practice. Cam Lewis went up high to grab a ball, gets hit. It was very scary. Thankfully, no head injury, a groin injury for Cam Lewis. Isaiah Coulter, he's a depth wide receiver. Uh, he's been on the shelf for a little while with a knee. But then Deion Dawkins gets banged up in practice, bangs his hand, comes out mm-hmm. with a brace on. He watches the rest of practice. Anything that you're kind of particularly concerned about with these three players, specifically Dion, Ed Oliver, and Cam Lewis? I think with Dion and with Ed Oliver, you know they're making the team. I don't think they should see the field at all in the preseason, even if they are ready and capable to go out there and get the snaps that whatever they're going to give the starters. I think this pretty much, even though it's day-to-day, you can rule out seeing Deion Dawkins on Saturday against the Colts. And then for the Bills, I know that you want to get a look at him. I don't even think it's worth it. I think the conversation that I always have about the preseason is what's the risk, what's the reward? I think with any of your starters, the risk greatly outweighs the reward. So for me, make sure Dion's healthy for the season. Make sure Ed's healthy for the season. If that means they don't play in the preseason, so be it. I think just getting them ready to go is a good sign. I will say specifically for Deion Dawkins, he came back out to practice, even though he didn't actually practice after the injury happened, he came back out onto the field. I think that's a promising sign. I think any serious injury, you would never like hang out and come back onto the field. You'd stay in the locker room or go get more tests. Same thing with that Oliver and Kim Lewis. They're both on the field actually, as they're missing practice. They didn't, um, they didn't leave. Now Matt Milano and Taron Johnson missed the Friday practice at Highmark stadium, but they both came back as well. The only thing I, that worries me about Dion is that same day that this happened, Dion, by the way, was termed day to day with with the hand injury. The same day that happened, a tackle, I believe, with Houston Texans also hurt his hand. And they said he's going to be out quite a while, like several weeks. And I'm like, OK, like a hand injury to a tackle. You need that. So let's just hope it is something very minor. We'll keep an eye on that from Deion Dawkins. The other guy I want to bring up, two guys, actually, Spencer Brown. Spencer Brown mm-hmm. at a practice on sun, Sunday, I believe it was. No, no, it was Thursday. Last. No, uh, yeah, it was. Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, it was midweek before the Friday practice, so I believe it was Wednesday because I think they were off Thursday and then they had the Friday practice at the stadium. He left practice at the end with a trainer. Mm-hmm. He went off. There were reports, there were media on hand who said he you know, was having some discomfort, whatever. I'm just going to tell you right now, everybody, Spencer Brown had a cramp. That's what happened. He had a cramp. Mm-hmm. He is not having a back issue. He did not have any back um, issues that that day. Um, he was back on the practice field. He was there on Friday, actually, inside Highmark Stadium. So whatever anybody saw or thought 
I'm telling you, Spencer Brown had a cramp and he's just fine. Yeah, I think that it's a blessing and a curse, right? Having these practices that are open to so many people, to obviously media, and it's part of our job to tell you when something notable happens. And, you know, a player who's a starter leaving the field for any amount of time could sometimes be notable depending on what was going on. It happened the other day with Josh Allen. Josh Allen left for, what, 15 minutes? And then he ended up coming back. You know, that's one where for those 15 minutes – you're kind of sitting there on pins and needles going, okay, what's going on? And the longer that that extends, the more you start to wonder, okay, what is going on? Spencer Brown was a little bit more of an isolated incident because it happened literally right as practice was coming to an end. And then they had an off day the next day. So we weren't able to kind of get an update until they showed up to the stadium. So yeah, I think that that's relevant information when a player gets hurt, when something happens, it's going to be reported, but sometimes, you know, people always feel their worst, be a little patient sometimes don't immediately jump to the worst case scenario because a lot of times it doesn't end up being that. Josh Allen leaving practice for about 15 minutes, as you say. I actually did not even see this because I was doing radio at the time with Joe DiBiase on our extra point show up in the little pavilion area. So they were just kind of out there. It was individual position work. He did not miss any teamwork. He left for 15 minutes, went with a trainer. Again, the reports I saw throughout the day were injury scare for Josh Allen, injury scare. Now I get it. He left with a trainer. I still don't know why he could have had to go to the bathroom. I don't know anything. I I mean, that that's exactly to the point you're making. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he came back out and he did yeah. more drills when he came out. So I am not thinking that there's anything wrong with that situation. I do think, though, it does kind of make you realize, like when you see what happens around the league, you see the Jalen Ramsey injury happen. You see the Joe Burrow injury happen. We have said it so many times before. Getting through training camp with your core pieces healthy is more important than anything that happens on the field as far as good days, bad days, whatever it is. Just be healthy and hope that your team stays healthy all the way through the preseason. You obviously want your team to be as healthy as possible all the way through the regular season. But, you know, getting to that first game with your actual group of people who you are planning to start is the most important part of the summer. All right. The Bills take on the Indianapolis Colts preseason game number one on Saturday. At 1 p.m., that game can be heard on WGR Sports Radio 515 across the Buffalo Bills radio network. I don't expect Jordan Phillips to be on the field at all. They're still ramping him up. But good news, Jordan Phillips was removed off the pup list, and he's been doing a little bit more each day, Matt. Yeah, so I think that's a really interesting piece of information because Jordan Phillips now, it's a good sign that he's ready to roll and that he's ready to practice and eventually probably pop his way into a preseason game. The thing that becomes a little bit more tricky, though, is putting together a 53-man roster because when we've had these very preliminary conversations, one of the caveats we've had is, well, you could start Jordan Phillips on PUP and buy yourself a little bit of time there with a guy like Cam Lewis who's fighting for a job or maybe some of the other players who are right kind of on that roster bubble. So Jordan Phillips is healthy. I think Jordan Phillips is making the team. So now you have to have this conversation of, okay, if he's back, who isn't? How many defensive linemen are you keeping? How many safeties are you keeping? How many corners are you keeping? It opens up kind of a whole new can. The one thing I will say about Jordan Phillips is when he was healthy last year, when he was truly healthy, he was able to be a difference maker. Not like a, oh goodness, this guy's a star, but as a rotational piece, like, okay, you don't lose a massive step from the guy who's guys who are in front of him. Like he still has some juice to his game, especially in the way the Bills use him. He gets, he generates pressure up the middle. He really does. So having him back is a good sign. 
By the way, I didn't mean to miss Reggie Gilliam in the injury report. He was also out with a groin injury, but we'll keep an eye on Reggie Gilliam, obviously the fullback there as well. What are you most excited about Saturday inside Heimer Stadium? Game the press box uh, spread, whatever it ends <laughs> up being, probably. I'm excited to I'm excited to kind of go through the motions of what it's like for us to cover a regular season game. Just trying to like hammer out some of the little logistic things that we need to do, like a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. I think from an actual football standpoint, this is a chance for those guys who you talk about on the bubble to try and kind of like climb their way into the conversation of making the 53 man roster. But honestly, I don't even know anymore because Isaiah Hodgins was a guy who had a great training camp in preseason last year. And then he still ultimately doesn't end up making the team. And you wonder like, what more could that guy have done during the preseason to make the team? Like another guy I think of, and it's a different conversation because Isaiah Hodgins was a draft pick, but like Tyrell Shavers has had a nice training camp. He's made some plays. I don't know. The guy could go have 160 yards and two touchdowns. And I don't know if that would mean he ultimately makes the team. So I think it's a blend of let's see what some of these more depth players can do in a game setting. And it's also a chance to validate some of the guys that you have questions about. How does Kyrie Elam look against whatever competition he plays whenever he ultimately is on the field? How does Terrell Bernard do? How does Tyrell Dodson do? All of those guys who I think are in the conversations of like, the position battles, I think will play a lot. So I think those are the things you focus on. Yeah. I like uh, what you said about like the press box and all that. By the way, first game covering as a, as a dad. So that's cool. Kind of just, yeah. That, right. You remember, Oh my God, like this is my job now. And I'm, I'm a dad and I got a, a daughter at home. Um, you know, the, the way last season ended is, is really still, you know, it sticks with me and it was just such a disappointment on a lot of levels. Right. And, Mm-hmm. To get back in that stadium where it ended, Matt, for the first game this year, I, got, I felt a little bit of that Friday. It was just really nice. And I'm looking forward to that on Saturday, to get back in that stadium, to hear that crowd again in a positive manner. And that game against the Bengals was just, from start to finish, was just not good, right? Like, mm-hmm. you knew right away this was not going well for the Bills. So that's number one. And if I can, number two, what I'm excited for on the field, nothing with the Bills as much as with seeing Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson. Yeah. I mean, I mean, look, we're going to see Bill's guys. And I know that I am excited to kind of sift through the linebacker battle and the cornerback battle. That's going to be, but I've been watching that for two weeks. I'm going to watch it for a few more weeks. Mm -hmm. This is going to be the only time I ever get to see up close Anthony Richardson on the football field is rookie season. Yeah. I remember how much more fun the preseason was during the Josh Allen pre, you know, the Josh Allen rookie season. And I remember going to Cleveland and being like, Ooh, these games actually matter because you're going to see your quarterback play meaningful snaps. And then the game that they had at home in the preseason where they scored the touchdown right at the end of the game and Josh Allen wins it. Um, and then you remember the game where Tyree Jackson won it right at the end of the game yes. in the preseason and the Christian Wade touchdown in the preseason. So every once in a while, there's one of those moments that ultimately stands out. But I think it's really, really cool from that standpoint of being like, okay, you're going to get to see Anthony Richardson up close. You're going to get to kind of experience this. The one other thing that I probably should have said, there's a huge gap in between this game and when the Bills are back at home. So they have this preseason game, and then they have two on the road, then they have a couple weeks, then they have week one on the road, and then they come back for the home opener. So it's going to be kind of a nice little appetizer and then uh, more than a month wait until they're ultimately back in Buffalo. All right, so a little trivia for you. You probably know this because you already referenced it. Josh Allen's first actual game in the first game in the NFL, the preseason game, though, was that Cleveland game. 
who caught his first touchdown pass? It was in that game. Oh crap! Was it um, Ray Ray McLeod? No, two yard pass. Allen did a great job navigating the pocket. He oh, in the Cleveland game, stepped up. Yeah, it was. It was in, okay. So the I think Ray Ray McLeod caught the game winning touchdown catch from Allen in the end zone in Buffalo. In the oh, in, that in the. In the Cleveland game, I remember the play. I remember him snapping the ball, kind of like ducking under like the pass rush, popping up and throwing yes. a, a laser to the back of the end zone. Oh, gosh. This well, you is know what? Drive so you're right. You know, wait, I am wrong here. You are right. I, my apologies. He did throw one the previous week, and that was it. It was Ray Ray McLeod who caught that one in the back of the end zone. That was his first Let's touchdown go. pass. Let's so go. you are you are correct, sir. I Let's thought that was his first one. So that game, was it against the Panthers? That first one with Ray Ray McLeod? Yeah, let me let me recalculate here. Week one that year, they play the Panthers. Josh Allen comes in late. I remember that pass because I literally heard that thing. It sounded like a shot. Yes. Off. That's yeah, it was how like a thud. Like, I remember that. Right? Amazing. Yes. The next week, they go to Cleveland, right? In the... I, can I can remember the play. But right? The problem is, and I remember it was like a bigger guy. But I don't remember. There's a guy who had a really good preseason. Like I was, I was really hot on him. Like this guy's got to make it, and he didn't. Make like it. a big tight end, right? No, I mean not really. He's 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 a little taller, but wasn't it was, like Chris Gregg, was it? It was Rod Streeter. Okay, Rod Streeter. Yeah, it wouldn't have. I don't think I, think I would have gone down the road to Rod Streeter. That's why I gave it to him. So. No, yeah, I don't think I would have got there. Who is the when you think of Bills preseason players? that like immediately people fall in love with and then don't ultimately make the team. Who do you immediately go to? 100% Christian Wade. Uh, see, I don't think I go to Christian Wade. I don't ever think that that was like justified. I think that it was like, right. Oh yeah, that's right. Cool. I agree. But Matt, I took calls every day on the radio from people telling me how great Christian Wade is. And it's a mistake that he's not on the team. I think Jonathan Williams, another running back. People loved Jonathan Williams. Des Lewis was just like the darling of the summer every summer, basically. But Des Lewis to me did great in camp. I don't remember. Not in the, not in the games. Before. Not in the games. Let me ask you this before we kind of shift our let, focus let, to let, the let's next. Let's go back to Christian Wade for a second. Like, okay. I agree with you. Like, he, it was completely overhyped. But Matt, like, it was out of control from people who just were killing this organization for not giving that guy a spot after the few runs that he had. I remember how much crap I got from people because we had those games on channel seven on the air and we yeah. did a post game show. And I remember like kind of half kidding saying like, Hey, you'll always remember where you were when Christian Wade busted off that touchdown run and the bills played in the preseason game. And people were mad at me. They're like, how dare you? I was like, it's a preseason game. I was like, what do you mean? Like, Come on. You remember the preseason game in Chicago when AJ McCarron like led that crazy comeback at the end of the year. And then he said after the game, it was the most fun he's ever had playing football. AJ McCarron who won national championships (laughs) said the most fun he's had playing football was in the preseason against the Chicago bears. And then I think they traded him the next week. I'm not even kidding. I think they traded him that next week. I think you're right about that. All right, let me give you a little bit of trivia. Let's go back to last year, all right, to wrap this part up. Last year, 2022 preseason, you talk Mm -hmm. about people that, you know, guys that people fell in love with. Who led the Bills in rushing last year? Preseason. Uh, Blackshear? Raheem Blackshear? Raheem Blackshear. Blackshear. That is correct. Um, 
you already got uh, the, the guy who uh, you mentioned a minute ago who led them in receiving. Had a great preseason. Isaiah Hodgins? He did. And next up on the list was Khalil Shakir, actually. Yeah, he had a good preseason as well. This is the preseason's funny. I was just having this conversation with somebody. If you're somebody who bets on sports, if you're somebody who does daily fantasy, the preseason is an opportunity to really, really do well. I'm not telling you here, go spend all of your money on something. But if you pay enough attention to the conversations that are happening happening around training camps in the NFL, you can kind of piece together pretty accurately like, okay, this guy's going to play a lot or this guy's not going to play a lot. Like in the preseason, almost like trick yourself into thinking like, okay, those guys who I think are going to make an impact, maybe let's start to go down the list. Like a name who I think is going to get a lot of play for the Bills in the preseason, Andy Isabella. Like Andy Isabella should play a lot of snaps in the preseason for the Bills. I don't think you're going to see like a lot of, you know, Justin, maybe Justin Shorter get some snaps, but like, I don't think you're going to see an excessive amount of any of those top guys. So then you go down to your like, okay, Tyrell Shavers, okay, Andy Isabella, more players of kind of that caliber. So yeah, I mean, preseason, it's it's certainly more fun than a training camp practice. It's certainly more fun than a scrimmage inside the stadium. It is actually a game. Doesn't really matter that much for a lot of people, but for the guys playing, it does. For a yep. lot of those guys playing, it's their only snaps that they'll ever get in the NFL. So they're trying to take advantage of it. By the way, before we get to our questions, this year, in case people don't realize, there's one final cutdown day. There is not two. There's not three. It's one. Now, teams can cut before that. They can get down. They can say, we're going to get down to 70. We're going to get down to 60 if they want. That's up to them. But the deadline to get down to 53 from 90 is all September 4th, one day. Yep. If, you, if every team did that, if every team waited, Matt, you'd have over 1,100 guys all getting cut or slash released and wave, whatever on the same day. It's going to be wild. The bills actually are the team that proposed this rule. So I'm trying to think, all right, if the bills propose this rule, why is it? I think it's because they want to have enough bodies to make sure their veterans do not have to play that preseason week three. Yeah. I think that's probably the right point. I think that's a good point and a good idea. If you're a team, I don't think I was going to ask you, let's close this out with this. Should Josh Allen play a snap in the preseason? Yes or no? No, I am always, uh, I'm, I'm against it. He, he doesn't need to, if he does three step drops out of his hand, hand off, whatever, just get him out. I don't need it. I agree. Who is like the level of like, who's the like bubble? Who's the cutoff line of this guy should play in the preseason. This guy shouldn't, if you know what I mean? Like, are there any starters or starting caliber players who you think they still need to see? Uh, Dane Jackson. How about that? That'd be my call. Okay. That's a good one. That's he needs I was going to work, but he's probably, he could very well start at corner. I was going to say, I like Dane Jackson as a call there. I was going to say like Taylor Rapp, like Taylor Rapp's making the team, but I think Taylor Rapp should probably be on the field in the preseason just to see. Oh, I, and a lot of, it's a lot of the guy like Ryan Bates is another good one, but Ryan Bates doesn't even have to be a guard. You might want to play Ryan Bates an entire game at center to see how he does at center just so you know what you have if something does happen to Mitch Morris or, you know, if you really, really like Osiris Torrance, like Osiris Torrance, like those are the types of guys that I think you'll see a lot of in the preseason. A guy like Rap, I mean, he's still learning, learning the system. So I think it would really help and benefit to go against another team. It's not just the team you've seen for the last two weeks, your own offense, to be able to do that. All right, let's answer interesting, some Just one interesting thing, though, about Josh. We both said, I do not think he should play. You do not think he should play. I think he will play. 
I, I think agree. they will put him on the field. But the interesting thing here is 2020, no preseason. That was the COVID year. 2021, he played the final preseason game against the Packers. That was on August 28th. But he did it at home. So week three, preseason at home. Last year, he also played in the preseason at home. Week two against the Broncos. The interesting thing here is they play one game at home, and that's Saturday, and then their next two games are on the road. So if Josh Allen does not play at home on Saturday, which I don't think he will, that means they're going to have to play him in either Pittsburgh or in Chicago. And I don't know. I don't know if that makes it like a non- That's what I mean. Maybe they won't. Maybe just the way the schedule falls, you're going to be like, nah, we don't need to see it. We're not worried. But they've said that in the past, and or we've thought that in the past, and they've played him. So I guess we'll see. It'll be really interesting to see what happens. Let's uh, answer some questions. All right, Matt, as we always do, we throw out, uh, or usually do, some to, to our Twitter audience, at Matt underscore Bove, at South Sports. I really like this one that came in because I have one in mind. I want to ask you first. Chris Janke. By the way, Chris, at Real Chris Janke. I, we met Chris at Barbell. Yes, Chris. Great thank you for coming the thank other day. Chris, really appreciate you, man. Thank you. You're always here interacting with us. He says, are there any stories slash reports coming out of Bill's training camp that you think fans are largely overreacting to? I have one. Do you? Um, hmm. <laughs> Not anything that, I mean, I was going to say Stefan Diggs, like the Stefan Diggs stuff at the beginning of training camp, but from a strictly football standpoint, no, I don't think anything particularly jumps out for me. What's yours? I think there's a large one going on right now. I think the panic, if I want to call it that, over the backup quarterback position is way of an overreaction. Listen, anybody you see in a Bills uniform playing center after Josh Allen is not going to look anything like you just saw Josh Allen. That's number one. So the bar is extremely high. Number two, Kyle Allen is still learning this offense. He's been on the job two weeks against the live defense. He's going to take a little more time. No doubt about it. Number three. Can I do yes. number three? Oh, I, you had number three. I thought you were just going to do two. Go ahead. I'm you're gonna probably going to say the exact. You're going to say the exact same thing I was going to say. They're not game planning for these guys. They're no, they're no. playing against their own defense every day, just running their offense. Like if you had to win four games with Kyle Allen or Matt Barkley, who we all know anyway, they're going to tailor the game plan specifically for that person for strengths and weaknesses. That's not happening in practice. Number four. If Kyle Allen did have to play in a game, he would not be playing with the people he's practicing with. He would be playing yes. with much more talent. Kyle Allen would be throwing to Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis and handing off to James Cook and playing behind Mitch Morse. So yeah, it makes sense that he doesn't look as good because he's playing with no offense to them, but a bunch of linemen who you've probably never heard of. And he's throwing to Andy Isabella and Tyrell Shavers and Reggie Wayne's nephew, who's no longer on the team. So yeah, I don't think there, this was the same conversation that happened last year because Case Keenum played in the preseason and kind of struggled for a little bit, but he was also playing with a bunch of guys who weren't starters. So to sales point, if there's an injury that happens to Josh Allen, the bills have a lot of problems to figure out and quarterback is not the only one. All right, John Brown, not the former wide receiver, I think. I don't know. It could be John Brown, the wide receiver. Uh, he Maybe probably listens. listens. He probably listens. <laughs> uh, he says, not related to this team, but I do like this. What was the Vontae Davis retirement like for you when you covered the team? Were you Matt, were you 
What were you doing at that time? At, I was, I was, I was on the sideline. I was okay. there. I yep. was there. How about you? Oh yeah, for sure. I was on the sidelines and I was, you know, talking, but we didn't know like Vontae didn't come out, but I don't think we knew he retired at halftime. Right. Bro? If I, I, that's the part I'm trying to remember. When did we know that happened? Not till after the game, right? We didn't know it happened until after the game. And there was like a lot of like kind of confusion as to what ultimately ended up happening that day. And uh... what I do remember, though, it will always stay with me was how pissed Lorenzo Alexander was. Uh, yeah. And, and I'm telling you, like, it matters, right, to those guys. This wasn't a joke to them. Like, Lorenzo Alexander was mad. And he's like, I don't want to talk about that guy. And, you know, there's a brotherhood, right? I mean, they're in there. They're battling. And then for him to walk away like that, like that will always stick with me. I think the things that I remember from that game, there's a couple of things. The first thing I remember is not specifically from the game, but it's from the aftermath of the game. And it's that video of Tredavious White and LaShawn McCoy talking about Vontae Davis telling the team that he was retiring. And it is the funniest freaking video the second thing I remember from that game, so that game was right in the middle of all of the protesting that was happening in the NFL during the National Anthem. So I remember going into that game, because I'm on the sideline, I was shooting games at that time, realizing the most important stuff that was going to happen in that game from my vantage point was before kickoff even happened during the national anthems because like LaShawn was stretching during the anthem of that game off to one side. There were several bills players that kneeled. There were several Broncos players that kneeled. I mean, that was a national national news story. Well, that was the following. The chargers game was when Vontae retired. Oh, you're right. The Broncos game was the next week. Correct. But, but Oh, okay. My bad. My bad. That that, that couple week period there. Cause Vontae retired Josh's first ever home start. First ever start. Okay. Yes, you're right. Cause that was week two and they got their doors blown off, but then Josh kind of made a little bit of a comeback in the second half here in that game. Okay. They were getting beaten pretty badly. McDermott yeah. took play calling away from Leslie oh, Frazier. They yes. came back a little bit in the second half, made a bit of a game of it. It wasn't never really, yeah. threatened, but they looked a lot better. Then they go to Minnesota the next week as that huge underdog. They win the mm-hmm. game. McDermott gave the play calling back to Frazier in that particular game. The other thing I remember about this Chargers game. Oh, then my year is completely off. The Broncos game was the year before because the Broncos game was in 2017. That's correct. That's right. And Vontae Davis was in, Vontae Davis was in 2018. So my bad. Take they, everything I said about the Broncos game and throw it out. So now we're even. I had the whole preseason touchdown pass <laughs> thing wrong. We're all good here, okay? Yeah. Here's the other thing I remember about that game. That game was the Taiwan Jones helmet came off, got hit in the yes. head. Yes. Dude, that happened right in front of me. That happened five yards in front of me. And I remember seeing that guy get hit. That was crazy. That was crazy. Just to see that amount of violence literally happen right on an NFL field was kind of scary, to be honest. All right, let's go to... I can't believe that was Josh's rookie season. Yes. His first game, his first start. Think about how long ago that was. Amazing. I know time does time does go. You know, what's crazy is I'm realizing how fast time goes by and now having the baby, everybody keeps telling me like, it's only going to get crazier. So on Monday night, we moved the baby from the bassinet to the crib, which was terrifying. Like the anxiety that came with that. So I slept on an air mattress next to the crib because I was so worried, but I feel like I brought the baby home from the hospital a day ago. And now she's in a crib, not even in the bassinet anymore. 
I mean, next the next podcast we do, she's going to be driving. That's how quick it's going to yes. go in your life. Just yeah, basically. Uh, Clover exactly. in Texas. I, I love Clover. She calls WGR as well. I'll give you this one, Matt. She says, what's the scoop on Justin Shorter? Matt, how's Justin Shorter look so far in camp? Justin Shorter is one of those players who I think really pops when there's not pads on because he is just such a large person and he can just go out there and win those contested balls and look like he's heads and shoulders quite literally ahead on top of everybody. Besides that, nothing like really, really stands out. A couple plays where you're wondering like, okay, how much is this guy going to actually play? And then a couple plays where you're like, okay, this guy's a freak athletically. He's going to make the team because he's going to be a special teams contributor. So I wouldn't say there's any change to the stock. If the stock on Justin Shorter was $10 a month ago before camp started, it's still $10. I don't think it's gone up much. It's gone down much. I think it's just kind of the same. The preseason is a big opportunity for him because wide receivers, skill position players, those are often the guys that get showcased during the preseason, and he should be at the top of the list for people that you're looking out for. By the way, Nick also asked that question about Justin Shorter, so glad we could get to that because uh, there's been um, some buzz about him that people want to know. A little bit. All right, let's ask this. JB, if you could add uh, any player in the NFL to this year's team before week one. You can, this, is, this is an interesting question because it, it's not Patrick Ooh. Mahomes because you already have Josh Allen, right? Well, could be Patrick add Mahomes because then it, it could be Patrick Mahomes because then the Chiefs don't have him and you have both <laughs> of them. You're right. You're right. Um, I, always, I always struggle with questions like this. It's like, I mean, I guess there's so many great players. I don't know. You'd say Justin Jefferson. He's amazing, right? And like, but. I don't know. Do they, how much of a value would that be over maybe a Nick Bosa, (laughs) someone like that? I would say, I think the two people who I immediately got to were Nick Bosa and Aaron Donald, because I wonder like how good would those guys be? But you could also make the same argument about a cornerback somewhere. Could you say, okay, who's the best corner in the NFL and put them opposite Trey white. And then you'd be like, our secondary is that guy, Trey white. And then Mike Hyde and, Jordan Poyer like that's pretty unbelievable too I like your call though of Nick Bosa I think that would be a a very for me it would be like Nick Bosa Justin Jefferson Jamar Chase those would be like the top three I think I would come up with all right uh there was one more here I liked but I can't find it anymore and if I can find it I'll give credit to who it was it goes back to the uniform thing someone asked and they tweeted in would you here we go Andrew thank you Andrew Would you like to see the NFL have a throwback week where every team playing that week wore their throwback jerseys? I like that. I think that's a cool idea, a throwback week. I like that idea too. I like that idea, but I would only like that idea if that meant they could still do it a different time. Like if everybody did it that week, I think that would be cool. But I also think it would be a little bit unfair to the teams that were on the road that week because then you wouldn't be able to play with those jerseys in your home stadium. So yeah, I would like that idea, but I also think that like, if you're a team that's playing on the road during that week, you should also get a chance to wear those jerseys at home. Like there was a thing a couple weeks ago out of new England. One of the guys who covers the Patriots posted all of the jerseys that the opposing teams were wearing against the Patriots this coming year. And I think it was wrong because they posted like a bills retro Jersey. And I remember looking at it and being like, it's weird. I don't think if the Bills were unveiling a retro jersey, they would be doing it on the road. That just doesn't make sense. They had a red helmet in that picture, too, by the way. Um, yeah, it was like the old school 90s white jerseys that almost looked like those like retro Giants jerseys as well with the red helmet. And that was just like, yeah, maybe they would wear them on the road for something. But I don't know. That would be like the Patriots wearing the red jerseys in Buffalo. Like that just doesn't make much sense. 
All right. So I, I've run through these. If you have any more you'd like to share or you have any questions you want to get to, we can wrap up with that if you'd like. You usually ask me the questions. I figured I'd turn the tables this time. Yeah, I appreciate you turning the tables. One thing that I thought was cool, and I don't know who asked it, but somebody asked because we're both from here. Okay, here it is. It's from Mark. Growing up as Buffalo sports fans, is there any piece of Bill's memorabilia you own from the past that is particularly special to you? That was an interesting question. Do you have anything? Okay, so I saw the question. I actually intentionally avoided it because I have too many Uh, things. I feel like I'm like picking your favorite son or daughter, right? I mean, mm -hmm. like, there's so many things. But no, it's a great question. Mark, I mean, like, I will tell you, I have have a keychain that's glassed, and it's not up here where I'm sitting right now. And in the glass, there's like a little piece of square glass. And in the glass is a little, like a quarter-sized piece of the old turf. Now, Matt, I'm not talking about the turf they just redid 10 years ago. I'm talking about the turf that Jim Kelly and Thurman Thomas and all them ran on before they went to this type of turf in the 90s or early 2000s. And I played on that stadium. I actually had an interception in the Class C championship game in 1989. And Uh I think that's, to me, why it makes it special and personal to me is that's the turf I played on, and I got a chance to have a little piece of that on a little keychain after they got rid of it. That's really cool. I've got a couple pictures. If you're watching this on the YouTube page, Sales Sports, this is probably a good plug for that. I've got a couple pictures behind yeah. me. I've got one picture of Kyle Williams' last game when he went and did the loop around the stadium, and I'm standing right next to him with the camera on my shoulder. So that was cool to kind of be part of that moment and have the picture from one of the photographers who covers the team. I also have a picture of Josh walking off the field in his first ever game. That's right there against the Chargers, and I'm standing right next to him with my camera. So that's cool. And then there's this one. This one is like particularly special, especially after the last couple months here. But that is myself, my mom, and my dad on the field at Highmark Stadium. This was my first home game as the sports director at Channel oh, I 7. It. I and it. I was able to bring my parents and, you know, both of them growing up in Western New York, massive yeah. Bills fans. So I will uh, cherish this picture for the rest of my life. That is for certain. Yeah, I have um, I have some really cool pictures with Max on the field, but that that that's great, buddy. I, I think that's awesome to see your dad there with you there, and that's a, yeah. something a lasting memory for you for a long time, especially you know after recently you, losing your dad. So very cool you shared that with us. Good question, Mark. Really appreciate it. I did intentionally avoid it the first time because I didn't want to. I had so much. I have so much stuff. I'm like, ah, now it's about my son and all stuff he has, which is super cool. Like his I'll room ask- is just filled with Bills and Sabers memorabilia, and it's all signed stuff. It, Matt, I'm, I'm not kidding you. Like, you know this. In our job, like, we can't do it. I don't get him anything. He's got to work for it. He goes down and gets players' autographs near the wall yeah. and things like For sure. I think that's like a misconception. Everybody is like, hey, can you get me to – can you get Josh to sign this for me? No. And it's like, no, I can't. <laughs> and actually, I don't want to either. It's just like a that's weird great. line that I'm not willing to cross. Okay, oh, there's, this was a good question. Who is the X factor? for the bills to take the next step is Gabe Davis, the top choice. This is from Scott who asked the question. I think Gabe Davis is a good answer, but I think there's actually better answers. Okay. Who's the X factor to take the next step. I, I have. Oh, one oh, I, okay. Well, I'm, I'm going I'm to say three, two, one. I bet you we have the same guy then. You ready? Three, yeah. two, one. Greg. Rousseau. Greg Rousseau. No yes. kidding. Let's go. Yes. yes. All right. Well, we're, this is why this is why we do the podcast together because we maybe we think alike. I think if Greg Rousseau takes the next step with a healthy Von Miller coming back and yep. Leonard Floyd, the defense could be pretty scary. I also think 
just from kind of what we've seen and from kind of putting the pieces together, I think they're going to be a little bit more creative with Greg Russo this year than they have been in years past. Imagine you're playing the Chiefs in a playoff game and it's third and 12. And when it's third and 12 against the Chiefs, you always think Mahomes is going to convert. Always. You're like, okay, he's going to throw it to Kelsey for 13 yards. They're going to get the first down. What if the Bills roll out a look? That's Von Miller, Leonard Floyd, Greg Rousseau at tackle, and Ed Oliver. I think you would like the Bills' chances at creating some pressure and getting after the quarterback. So I think we are on the verge of some really cool, unique formation stuff for the Bills, and I think Greg Rousseau will be quite literally a big chess piece involved. Really cool. I like it. I will give you another one. I think Khalil Shakir needs to make a step from year one to year two. We talked about him like wanting to see more. I, I liked what I've seen the last few days of practice. He did drop a punt in the in the Friday night practice, but he had a really nice practice after that. I want to see a little more from Khalil Shakir because he might have an expanded role and need to have an expanded role with the injury to Naeem Hines if he's going to return punts. And obviously, I think I'd like to see him you know, be the consistent player I saw him coming out of college and what I think he can be in the NFL. I think that's a good point. I think Shakir, though, for me, might still be a little bit too much of a secondary option to think that even if he did take the next step, I don't know if I would necessarily consider him an X factor. Like, is there a world where Khalil Shakir gets more catches in play than Deontay Hardy or than Trent Shurfields? And I don't know if that's the case. So if we're really talking about the Bills' fifth receiver, I guess how big of an X factor could they ultimately be? This will be the last one that I bring up. I thought this was a good question. I want to ask it. I want to make sure I get their name right. Um, I'll find it. But the question is, any any chances, like, who could be a surprise cut? Like, is there anybody who you think could be like, oh, wow. Like, that could be – that's from Bobby. Is there anybody who you could say, ooh, they get cut? And and it surprises people a little bit. I mean – could Shakir be on this list? I don't think so. No, now I don't. I don't he's got to be I, I team. He's gonna be playing. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, maybe one of the offensive linemen. Like, what have we seen David Edwards do so far? I mean, they signed him from the Rams. I don't know if it's a surprise cut, but it's a veteran. I'm not even predicting he's gonna be cut. He could make the team, but yeah, I mean, that's a tough question to answer. Okay, it's got to be one of the defensive linemen. Okay, that's I was gonna well. say it's gonna yeah. be one of one of Boogie or Shaq or Jordan Phillips or someone like that. I agree. I I think that I don't, it's tough. It's tough. I agree, but I don't think they're going to get cut. Like that's kind of where I'm at, but how are you? What do you think? They keep 10 to 10 defensive linemen. Is that probably the number? Are you putting Von Miller on the roster or not? No, no. He starts on pub. Okay. So then you have Russo, Floyd, Basham, Epinesa, Lawson would be five. Oliver mm-hmm. Jones, Settle Phillips, Ford would be another five. That's 10 defensive linemen. That's a lot. You could justify it. You could mm-hmm. justify it. You're going to go thin in another position. It took like yeah. nine, I think. Eight or nine. Nine is usually the high water mark. But even if you go 10, when Miller comes back, someone's got to get released. So let's just say he makes the team. Yeah, that's tricky. I don't know. I don't know because I also don't think – I think it's a really, really long shot. But they like Kingsley Jonathan and they like Shane Ray. So – those guys, I, I don't know what you do. I don't know if any of those guys have leapfrogged some of the names we've mentioned. Also, I think something that might be a common name that gets thrown out there is AJ Epinesa. I don't buy that at all. Like AJ Epinesa is on this team. I think. I would, I would be, 
if I I would be very surprised if AJ Epinesa is not on this team. And I think some people might say like, oh, well, then use him as a piece that you could trade so you can keep Boogie Basham because he's a year younger or something. I, I don't think that. I think there's a drop off between, you know, it's Von Miller, then it's Leonard Floyd and Greg Rousseau. Then it's AJ Epinesa. Then there's a little bit of a drop off. Then it's the rest of the guys. They like Epinesa. On top of that, if he's that much better, they're trying to win a Super Bowl. They're not trading yeah. because a guy's a year younger. You know They've already I mean? got 49 picks next year. They don't need another one. Right. So, I mean, maybe on another pod coming up, we could, like, could you be a trade candidate considering all these things we talk about and a lot of these names would come up. All right. Well, the Bills are back after it Wednesday and Thursday at St. John Fisher. Saturday, Highmark Stadium, 1 p.m. against the Indianapolis Colts. It's going to be fun. It's time. Preseason is back. Matt, you enjoy yourself. Let's uh, thank Lucas is still around helping out. We have a new producer as well. Mike Rabier is uh, aboard producing. So, Mike, thank you. Great job. Lucas, great job. Thank you for helping Mike along. And uh, we're going to be seeing a lot more of Mike as well. So, John, I mean, I'm I'm sorry, Matt, I will see you at St. John Fisher University on Wednesday. Marges for the last night of training camp sale. Marges. Lakeside in. Bring your sandals. One last night before we have to come back to Buffalo. Just, Maybe just know there. that's the plan. All right. You're listening to this folks, hopefully on Wednesday. That's where you'll find Matt and maybe me Wednesday night marges on the lake.